Well, the contest ended on Sunday afternoon, and I'm ready to share my thoughts about CQ Worldwide CW for 2017. It's a short episode this time recapping the biggest contest of the year. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, end of test. Roger, gear lock, clear here also. Welcome to episode 16 of Zone Zero from the VA7ST Hamshack. It's still a little unkempt around here after a solid weekend of amateur radio contesting over the November 25th and 26th weekend. But if participation went according to recent trends, we have more than 8,000 contestants from around the world in the CQ Worldwide DXCW contest. It was a Morse code feeding frenzy for many of us, and I enjoyed every single second on the air this weekend. Here in the radio room, I still have a few coax jumper cables laying about, and my ears are still decoding Morse code in anything that resembles a pattern of noise. It's all over but for the ringing in my ears and some should've, would've thoughts. First things first, how did I do compared to my goals? Well, the short version is I did a lot better than I ever thought I would. I went in with a simple and, at the time last week when I divulged my predictions, a lofty goal of 1,500 QSOs, or contacts, 150 multipliers, and that's the total number of CQ zones and DXCC countries worked on each band, for a total of 500,000 points. That was my predicted score. Well, I managed to finish with 1,089 contacts, 228 multipliers, and 970,000 points. So, I'm happy. I don't think many people expected the bands to be as strong as they turned out to be. I sure didn't. It was so much fun, I ended up putting in my longest ever CQ Worldwide CW session. 37 hours is one more hour longer than I've ever managed before, and my previous best was in 2012. That was my Iron Pants record for this contest. Thanks to some shortish naps at just the right times, but importantly, not sleeping a lot longer than I had planned to, I don't feel too beat up at the finish line. Sure, I needed a lot of coffee through the weekend, but I'm remarkably fresh after a couple of days of uh, recovery. I think the best surprise in the contest was a ZS station from South Africa calling me on 15 meters during a United States run on Sunday in mid-morning. The band shouldn't have supported the path to South Africa, but that signal was loud and probably on a skewed path. Going into the contest, I was curious to see how HQ9X and the lads would make out from Roatan, which is a Caribbean island off the Honduras mainland. Well, they were booming in here every time I worked them on 80 meters all the way through 15 meters. If I ever get to retire, that's the place for me. Verticals on the beach, and nothing but blue water on the horizon. Dream on, I guess. My wife says I can go anytime I want, but I have to take the dog with me. By the end of the contest, I'd netted 75 countries, so not even a DXCC total from here but it was fun hunting for countries anyway. It would have been a lot better if Saturday hadn't been so rough. I really missed Europe on 15 meters. All I was able to get on 15 meters across the Atlantic was a single Zone 33 station in North Africa. Oh, and that lovely South African surprise. I loved some of the runs on 15 meters and 20 meters. On Sunday afternoon, I worked 418 stations in one session. I peaked with a 60-minute rate of 185 contacts per hour before I had to move to 40 meters for the final hour of the contest. The AL-80B amplifier here ran like a champ. But the sturdy old SB-221, the Heathkit, 
was great until I needed to go to the AL80B in order to work on 160 meters with high power. Then I just left the 40-year-old Heathkit resting for the remainder of the contest. It served me well over the years, and I'll continue to use it, but it doesn't have 160 meters, and uh, I'll mention why that's important in just a few minutes. Now, about two of my 11 hours of off time were spent on gear. When I wanted to run the second radio on 40 meters while I was running on 80 meters, I couldn't get it configured, and it took about an hour in order to figure out why the uh, cat control wasn't working properly on that second radio. Then I realized, after an hour of toying with things, that the radio was in memory mode, not VFO mode. Hmm. Well, I fixed that, and I had a great time with dueling CQs on 40 meters and 80 meters for about three hours from midnight to 3 a.m., when it was slow enough to stay on top of things. I probably would have made a lot more QSOs using a single radio without wasting time trying to get single operator two radio figured out on the fly in the middle of the contest. But it was a good investment in time, as I haven't really done much two-radio operation in Morse code contests. The radios and the antennas worked out just fine after I got it all working, with minimal interaction, even with high power, between the radios, at least on 40 and 80 meters. I'm going to do more of that in the future, and maybe I'll try it out in the Radio Amateurs of Canada Winter Contest at the end of December. I also spent the better part of an hour on Saturday afternoon getting the MFJ1026 noise cancelling box working and hooked up. I haven't used it since the July 2016 shack rebuild, but 20 meters was so noisy all weekend to the east that I needed to defeat the powerline hash. It worked like a charm with the 40 meter quad as the reference sensing antenna. I must have been an earless alligator on Saturday pointing southeast. I could tell there were lots of low power stations down in the noise, but I couldn't work them until that box was set up. And then when it was working, my rate shot up. I was able to work all those low power stations that I just couldn't hear through what sounds like bacon frying through my earphones. Okay, well, that's one more contest behind us on the slow crawl across the bottom of the cycle. It was pretty good fun considering where we are, and for me, where I am in VE7 land with modest antennas, it was terrific fun. I sure appreciate everyone who called in. This weekend, we move on to the ARRL 160 meter contest, and I'll be running the AL80B amplifier as a high power entry for the first time ever. I'm really looking forward to seeing how much difference a few dB in signal strength can make. In this contest, the world is trying to work American and Canadian stations, and for me, that's a perfect situation. I don't expect to work very much DX off the continent, but I should be able to play well across North America, and hopefully into the Caribbean. Even on that short hop, I have lots of unworked countries to add to my DXCC total on 160 meters. The top-end antenna here is an inverted L with three elevated radials, all connected to a folded counterpoise isolator, or what's known as an FCP box. I haven't touched that antenna since last year, so all things are equal except the power output this year. And if you're into banging your head against a wall, and I know many of you are, there's also the 10-meter Riddy contest this weekend. That's December 3rd, 2017. The band won't be open much at all. But if it is open, you could find some spotlight propagation and rest assured there will be stations out there listening or calling CQ, no matter how dead the band might seem. This is a fun teletype contest that offers some daylight distraction in the hours when 160 meters isn't workable. Well, thanks for listening. Let's go get them. I'll see you out there. <laughs>